Welcome, dear listeners, to issue five of my comical romance. Yes, we're so happy that you've been eagerly awaiting this new episode, so we are now ready to plunge ahead. Our last episode was a little different. It was uh, a little more daring and political. I think we're, we're this time plunging back into what you might call the heart of romance. <laughs> romance comics, that's what we do here. Yes, I'm Alex Townsend. I'm David Townsend. Welcome again. Thank you for joining us. And okay, today we're uh, consulting the same issue that we did last time because, boy, these things have more than one story in them that are worth talking about. So once again, we're dealing with number uh, Love Diary number 67 from July 1970. And once again, we have no bylines. So unfortunately, I can't give credit where it's due or blame. Mm-hmm. Okay, so today's story is a lovely uh, little uh, tale called Nothing But My Kisses, which, uh, Dad, you have a a theory that this one is aimed at a male audience, which... Well, as we'll see, uh, I can't actually imagine that there were, frankly, a lot of male readers of these comics, but maybe more than... Then we give them credit for. Yeah, I mean, comic books uh, used to be a much less gendered field. There mm-hmm. were girls buying comics all over the place. There were boys co- buying comics all over the place. And the genres were a lot less defined. So. Yeah, but romance was very clearly aimed at a young female audience. Yeah, but it wasn't exclusively so. Like in the letters pages, you do sometimes get letters from boys. Mm-hmm. And and this whole phenomenon that's being illustrated of, of dating and... And the, you know, the kind of social life fantasy of, of the age for young people did apply to the extent it was remotely realistic across, you know, across the board. So, uh, but the point of this one, as we'll see, I think, is um, it really the, 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 put it this way, the usual audience or the usual perspective is you know, a woman who is in search of love and who is desperate for love and is going all over the place seeking the, the perfect guy and and somehow ends up with him miraculously. Uh, whereas the guys are always just like doing their thing and, oh yeah, she's coming along. Hmm, maybe I'll go out with her, maybe not. Uh, and then one of them somehow magically falls in love with the girl and they live happily ever after. This is a little bit of a twist. So, we have our female narrator starting. I always got got the winners, dear diary. The tallest, handsomest boys asked me for dates. They owned groovy cars. They sailed their boats better than anyone else. They were football captains or the star pitchers or something great in some field. I I love the the society that these people live in. She's not just saying that they owned boats. I mean, that, that goes without saying. It's that they sailed them faster than anyone else. Well, they sailed them better. Yeah. That's not necessarily faster. Better, faster, more... Stronger. Yeah, yeah. You know, around the world six times. <laughs> you know, so she, she got the guys among the boat-owning guys who were better boat swimmer sailors than the other boat-owning guys. <laughs> And apparently all of this means nothing to her because at the opening of the story, she's kissing one of these winner guys 
while looking interestedly at another young man. Yeah, so they're at a party, it looks like, and everybody's dancing or holding each other pretty close. And she's saying they're kissing this guy who looks like he's got a, an ascot, like not even a tie that he's wearing. Is that an ascot? Yeah, that right. seems likely. Um, but but I mean, but eyeing this other guy out of the corner of her eye while she's standing kissing him, which really speaks to how interesting that kiss is. Yeah. There's Michael Rand again. Doesn't he have any friends at all? Well, I mean, presumably someone invited him to this party. Jeez, lady. <laughs> and and they, they try to put this look on Michael's face of, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> Why am I here? And, and, and nobody else wants me. He looks distant and poetic. Yeah. That's a dreamer, Dad. Yeah, he looks pathetic. But, uh... <laughs> so she stops kissing her date and says... You're Michael Rand, aren't you? Your dad works in my father's office. I'm Evelyn Hickham. Hickham. And this is Wayne Schmidt. <laughs> These are names that we came up with looking in a phone book. Right. Hi, Rand. Come on inside, Evie. That, that's her, her boyfriend who doesn't really care about Rand. He's just brushing him aside, as people probably have always done his whole life. Mm-hmm. But instead, uh, Evelyn is more interested in continuing to talk to Michael. And uh, she says, you run along. I want to talk to Michael a while. And her date says, if it were anyone else, chick, I'd be jealous. With this smirk on his face. I, I congratulate the artist for making it look like a really disdainful smirk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you were talking to a real guy, I might be jealous, but not this loser. And once again, we don't really have seem to have evidence that guys actually called women chicks like that mm -hmm. like i've heard of you know chauvinistic men who refer to women as chicks mm. uh, if you're talking about a group of women or something like that but to say to a woman's face hey chick how are you doing <laughs> that uh, doesn't seem to have been a thing as... i i think it was in 1970 i mean i, I don't know i was nine years ten years old but um Really? Because, I mean, I've, I've heard from a lot of other podcasts of uh, other comic books that the slang wasn't always on the nose with these sorts of comics. Well, it's, it's hard to know. That's the problem. Because any other source you'd get would be like a movie or TV show and maybe the same thing. Mm, true, true. Need some uh, further research. Now, uh, so Evelyn and Michael are outstanding, standing together. And apparently Michael's pretty quiet. She says, Now, don't make a liar out of me, Michael. Talk to me. M maybe you'd better go back inside with him, Miss Hickam. You're just out of college and you graduated with honors. What's your major? How do you know this about him? <laughs> and, and how does she know he graduated with honors but not know his major? I mean, it, it's going to be on the same, whatever, CIA transcript that she got access to. And interestingly, Michael says that he majored in computer technology of 1970. Wow, that's cool. But he says, not very glamorous, is it? <laughs> I'm only going to be a billionaire within about five years. <laughs> I haven't seen you around, Michael. Don't you sail, swim, or play tennis? What's your thing? I... I like to read, and I'm an amateur naturalist. I hike and camp a lot. Ridiculous, isn't it? 
<laughs> I'm an idiot and a loser, and I have stupid hobbies. <laughs> like a, a naturalist. You, you know, I, I actually care about nature. What a loser I must be. Well, never mind. Let's go inside and dance. I, uh, don't dance very well either. I think I'll leave. <laughs> wow, this guy has a serious complex. <laughs> I was just leaving too, Michael. Shall we go together? Uh, no, you weren't just leaving. You were trying to get him to go inside. She's a liar. <laughs> She's decided that this man is her project. Mm -hmm. Which... Is something that will become even more apparent as the, the comic continues. And, and this is again why it's it's a fantasy for the you know nerdy guys that they think are going to read it. Yeah, the the most beautiful girl at the party is going to come up to you and try to hit on you and not even let you back off and and push her away, but insist on uh, following up and pushing it. You know that's that's going to happen to you, dude. <laughs> uh sure why not evelyn they they're all staring at us and then she whispers smile at me you idiot look as if you're mad about me <laughs> at least she calls him an idiot <laughs> and he has a very nervous smile on in that panel like oh no there's a gun to my back this this artist really has mastered the ability to put Facial expressions of, like, real loser people. Yeah, I really wish we knew who it was. Yeah. <clears throat> Wayne will never forgive me, but I don't care. I was a little tired of hearing how he made All-State quarterback in his senior year. Where's your car? <laughs> that must have been a pretty boring conversation. By the way, I made All-State quarterback my senior year. Uh, that was back when I was a senior and when I was the All-State quarterback, you know. Would you like to hear about it? <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. This is how I get around, Evelyn. Want to go back to Wayne? <laughs> He's showing her his car. Which looks to be a Beetle, I think? Volkswagen? Yeah, yeah, it might be. Which, I don't know, is that not a glamorous car? No, it was, it was the cheap car of the day. It was the, the thing everybody bought who was poor. And it then, is a convertible, though. Yeah, that's nice. And uh, Evelyn points out, that's Wayne's Lincoln convertible over there. But no, I don't want to go home with Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> it's as if she's trying to convince herself that this is what she wants. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to ride in your little piece of crap, if you don't mind. So as they're driving home, Evelyn continues their conversation. What's with you and this shy, modest bit? I've heard Dad moan because computer experts are rare. I know. I just don't have any confidence in anything. He's almost a total loss, she's thinking to herself. Oh, well, I'll do what I can. <laughs> Michael, stop the car! <laughs> what are you talking about? You, Michael, do you know? You're a very attractive man, Michael. I like you. Gee, Evelyn, you do? <laughs> See, this is the moment when all the uh, target audience nerd guys are, like, sitting there going, if this could only happen to me, that I don't have to do anything whatsoever. I don't have to have any personality. 
I just have to, in fact, she, she sort of is attracted to my loserness. Yeah, I'll be even more of a loser next time I go to a dance. That way the girls will come after me. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of see a female reader perspective on this too. Just the, the idea of having a project boy, someone that you see potential in that nobody else does, and slowly bringing him out of his shell and making him totally dependent on you. Yeah, but it's just the, the contrast with the standard romance plot line. You know, she's so confident. She She's choosing him just because he's an interesting project, not because she's fallen head over heels and can't control herself and can't even think of anything to say like most of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this is definitely a departure from the usual. Oh boy, we've just uh, turned the page and revealed a advertisement for a life-size inflatable doll. <laughs> God. Doesn't seem appropriate for a children's comic book. Yeah, I mean, this is this is truly, it really is an ad for a life-size, and the, the, the ad is the entire page. Life-size, inflatable doll, $9.95. Just add air, lifelike in every detail. <laughs> it includes either a blonde wig or a brunette wig. And something tells me the photograph is not of the actual doll. I think that's most likely a real human person. But she's holding very still, so, you know, that helps. Guarantee, this is the ultra deluxe model. There is no other inflatable doll as lifelike as Judy. You must be 100% delighted or your money refunded. Oh my god. <laughs> And again, it's hard to picture many teenage girls thinking, oh yes, I definitely need this life-size inflatable doll. Which, yeah, again, gives us the, the hint that this story was definitely aimed at a male audience. Oh my gosh, it includes a bikini. <laughs> God. So, so what they did was they, they decided, look, for this issue, we're going to have this one story that's going to totally appeal to guys. And because of that, we're going to throw in an ad for this thing that is going to appeal to guys. And they kind of marketed it that way or something. Yeah, possibly. They must have had demographic numbers saying that they had a significant amount of male readers. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but getting back to our main story. All I wanted him, all I want to do is, yeah, sorry. All I want him to do is kiss me just once, but it looks like it's never going to happen. Emphasis on the just once. I really don't want this guy bugging me anymore after this. You're a very nice boy, Michael Rand. Aw, Evelyn. <laughs> you shucks. And she moves in to kiss him instead. That was very nice, Evelyn, but why? He looks absolutely gobsmacked when uh, he gets that kiss. Don't make a federal case, Mike. I've just felt like kissing you, that's all. Now will you start this thing again? And May I just point out that this was a textbook case of sexual assault? Yeah, that's uh, pretty much how it goes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it doesn't count if it's a woman doing it to a man. Mm -hmm. and, and her response, uh, you don't make a federal case, I just felt like it, that's all. You know, that's kind of the the blanket excuse for just about any you know introductory sexual assault yeah uh pretty much that i mean 
unfortunately, one of the things we see in a lot of these romance comics is a lot of non-consensual kissing. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially from macho-type dudes who are like, oh no, I'm the bold type who just takes what he wants. Uh, we'll see that in some other issues we've got lined up. But this is the first time I've seen it with a, ma- a woman uh, forcibly kissing a man. Actually, imagine this entire story from page one with the roles reversed. Mm-hmm. Imagine this is a guy with a shy girl who doesn't think anybody likes her. And he's, you know, doing all these same things up to dragging him out her out to a, a car and then kissing her. You know, in context or in another context, you, you can imagine this woman is petrified. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he's petrified too. Maybe you know he does say that was very nice. That that's sort of the yeah you know the the, the giveaway or whatever. But um, you know maybe he doesn't want her to do this. Yeah, maybe she's just not his type. Maybe he's not into her. Maybe he's gay. Yeah. Well, I mean that hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> oh right, that's true. This is one nineteen seventy. It's early when we reach home, so I ask Michael in for coffee. And uh, Evelyn's father says, I didn't know you were a computer engineer, Mike. Your dad should have brought you into our company. Sir, I wouldn't want to work for the same corporation. If I bungled, my father's career would be jeopardized. Mike, you alone will be judged on what you do. Do you mean it, sir? Does your company need a man with my skills? Come down to my office tomorrow, Mike. I'll introduce you to Eugene Shaw, who's in charge of the computers we're making, we're using. So now we're at the point where this is not only the fantasy of the gorgeous girl hitting on him, but her father hiring him for the ideal job on the first time they meet. No Computer experts are rare. Well, yeah. I mean, he doesn't have to prove his skills or, you know, show any kind of ability. Just, wow, you you are something to do with computers? Sure, come work for my company. I want to live in this world. <laughs> this evening turned out great, Evelyn. I, I don't know how to thank you. Think hard, Mike. You might come up with something. <laughs> <laughs> now she's being sarcastic. That's funny. I, I keep waiting for you to laugh at me, Evelyn. Oh, for goodness sake. I hope he doesn't faint, she says as she once again forcibly kisses him. Now it's she's actually getting tired of this guy. Like, you know, we the audience have been sick of him from the beginning. And finally she's going like, do I have to, you know, draw a picture for you? And uh, this time he looks all dreamy-eyed after the kiss and goes all, gee, Evelyn... That's the nicest thing anyone has ever said to me, Michael. Now, good night. I think she's still being sarcastic. (laughs) She's had like 19 different boyfriends this year and uh, just, you know, takes him on as a project and getting a little sick of it. But she's not giving up yet. Nope, nope. She... Makes him promise to take her to dinner if uh, he gets the job. And uh, the next night, she gets another. She gets a phone call from him. <clears throat> Michael called, so excited he's stuttering. <laughs> Golly, Michael, that's a lot of money. And you're positive you can do the work? I'm glad, Mike. And now you now tell me where you're taking me to dinner. 
Notice she, he's taking her. I mean, I suppose he's going to pay because that's what guys do. And plus, he did just get a job from her father. But yes, that is probably apparently a lot of money. <laughs> His dream continues. Yep, yep. Mike is more confident now, dear diary, and he's actually actually seems to stand up straighter tonight. <laughs> I measured. <laughs> and after I finished my analysis of the computer systems and submitted a program, I was hired. Oh, they actually had him do something computerish to get the job, but he he wrote a whole program in in a couple hours. Well, this is 1970. It was probably a program that like added two numbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it has to be punched into these like punch cards with holes in them. So, <laughs> well, he's a good computer guy. I'm telling you, he's going to be a billionaire in a few years. Well, she even says, "Dad says you'll make double that in a few years, Mike." I'm so glad for you. Yeah, you know what he was really making? Like $12,000. He'll, he'll be up to twenty-four in a few years. <laughs> well, it's still, it's 1970 money. That's a bit yeah. more. Yeah, he could buy another Volkswagen. <laughs> Maybe get one that's not like grass green. You. Instead of sailing on the weekend with Wayne, dear diary, or golfing at the club, I go off into the country with Mike and it's wonderful. This may seem pretty dull. <laughs> Michael, uh, once again, showing his trademark confidence. So she's thinking how wonderful it is, and he's saying, uh, it's pretty dull to be out here in, you know, nature. <laughs> Mike, stop apologizing for everything. It's beautiful here. It's so peaceful, Evelyn. And so they enjoyed their time together in the park. And uh, Evelyn says that she she thinks that it's such a lovely area, she wonders who owns it. And Mike makes an offhand comment that it would be easy to find that out. So just keep that, uh, that, that information pinned for now, listeners. <laughs> That's a foreshadowing. Yes. But meanwhile, they suddenly start kissing again by the side of a river. Uh, and... It was his idea to kiss her for a change. As it says in the narration box. <laughs> what, you weren't literally reading that? I was, but I'm just I'm just still blown away by how insane this is. It's like a test, you know, she's like, she's putting check marks next to me. Did he kiss me first? Yes. Did he take me on the date? Yes. Okay. So. And in the meantime, Evelyn remembers she has a date with Wayne again, but Wayne's old news. <laughs> so he uh, he takes her to a movie. He tries to get her to make out with him afterwards. And she says, she says no. He asks, don't tell me you're ser serious about that skinny character. He's not a fathead, if that's what you mean, Wayne. Home, please. So this is once again part of the dream, that not only was she going after this guy for no particular reason, but she's instantly dropping the handsomer, uh, more successful athletic guy that she was dating before. Mm -hmm. and, and contemptuous of him. Uh, so she goes home and immediately makes, 
makes a call to Mike. Mike, Evelyn. No, nothing's wrong. I just wanted to call and tell you I'm home. The play? All right, but I had a miserable time. Stop at the house before you go to work. I'll ride downtown with you. I know it's silly. You'll stop. See you then. So he's becoming her chauffeur now. Yeah. And he, she wants him to come over like 8 o'clock in the morning or whatever. Mike isn't the Casanova type, dear diary. This is still to her diary. She, there's, she's been referencing dear diary repeatedly throughout the narration boxes. Yeah. He likes music and we go to concerts sometimes. Or we listen to his records on, the, on my stereo. That, that part is that part there is nice at Eve. You said you had something to tell me, Mike. What is it? The little lake you liked? The property around it belongs to an inactive fish and game club here in town. It's inexpensive. I've got an option to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So here's the deal. He graduated college what this year? This past year and and he he just got a job with this company like a week ago yep and now he's got an option to buy some real estate in the country a a big chunk of land with a lot of uh, trees and lake and rivers so i mean this is again the ideal fantasy world that they live in he's he's a loser in that world but even the the worst loser can basically just go out and buy a bunch of land when, when he's got, you know, like one paycheck. <laughs> yeah, geez, how much was he getting paid for his computer knowledge? Well, on the other hand, maybe they had a, like a crystal ball and could see the future and go, yeah, this guy, you know, he's going to be the, the first Bill Gates or, you know, he's going to be founder of the future of the computer industry. Let's give him the land already. Mike, that's wonderful. I told Dad, and he said it would be good to get land there. (laughs) Not that he would do it himself. You're not so dumb, are you? (laughs) She says, looking at him so fondly. That's the most romantic thing she said, you know. You're not so dumb, are you? I used to think I was, Evelyn. Hey, how about getting some fresh air? Away from your mother. (laughs) Mike, why do you want that property? Someday, maybe we'll build a cabin out there, Evelyn. And then the uh, creators realized, oh, geez, nothing has happened and we've got two panels left. (laughs) I've fallen in love with you, darling. I know, Michael, and I'm in love with you. And they kiss and it's the end of the story (laughs) and they're in the moonlight surrounded by roses and it's gorgeous. Notice that she used the the famous uh, Princess Leia line, when he says, I'm in love with you, she says, I know. <laughs> yes, there is a dot, dot, dot. So maybe she had to hesitate for a second and think, oh, yeah, yeah, and I love you too. And my my plan worked. It's it's uh, My strategy all along was, this guy was a budding computer nerd. I can see the future that this is going to be the industry to get into. He's going to be a mega rich guy. I need him to fall for me so that I can get my foot in the door of being a mega-rich society woman. Uh, you know, I can always divorce him down the road when, when I've already got all his money. Yep, Evelyn's the real planner here. <laughs> so, yeah, that was nothing but my kisses. And you may have noticed that it had nothing to do with what the title said. Which is kind of a standard requirement of these things, that 
there be no meaning whatsoever in the titles. Uh, <laughs> so besides it being this kind of absurd fantasy for, you know, the ultimate nerd losers in, in the group, um, what are we really getting out of this? I mean, why is this woman so intent on seeking out and reforming and, you know, awakening this guy? Uh, and then at the very end, like, I'm in love with you too. Well, was she from the beginning? And it was one of these things that somehow she really wanted him, but didn't even understand it herself. And that's why she's trying to turn him into someone worthy of her. I don't, I don't really understand what the point is. <laughs> yeah, it's, again, I can see the fantasy from the female perspective of, you know, being the one who sees the potential in this guy and uh, being able to bring it out and having him swoon all over you because, oh, golly, I never thought that someone like you would notice someone like me. But ultimately, this is a pretty tame story yeah i think even like the the background that she gives at the beginning where she's always had the perfect guys and everyone's always asking her out uh there's sort of something in that that suggests um i don't know she it's too easy and she wants something that's a little more challenging or or these guys who are so successful are kind of uh, superficial or something like that. I, you know, like, you know, the boyfriend to the extent we, we meet him is stuck up, you know, he, he dumps on Michael and, and just kind of takes her for granted. Uh, so I guess you could argue the guys who are successful like that are not as much fun because mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're kind of egotistical jerks. And and the flip side is this guy with totally zero confidence is, you know, non-threatening and, and not uh, insulting or, or arrogant. But it, it clearly is, is about, you know, relationship power dynamics where she wants to be and is the one in charge of this relationship. So you could kind of say well she's somebody who doesn't want to be in that traditional male-dominated relationship yeah um maybe this is well are you arguing that this is almost a, a feminist story now hmm uh, in some level i think it is uh because cer again certainly it, it she is the one exercising power yeah she is a lot more assertive than a lot of the uh, the women in these comics tend to be hmm and I, I don't know what I've read or heard, but but I, I think that there's, you know, examples out there of, of that kind of dynamic over the years, you know, psychological studies or whatever of of women who are are attracted to guys that are really sort of weak and lacking in confidence, that, that there's a mother instinct there that says, you know, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to raise you up from your inferiority. I'm going to make you the man you can be, that kind of thing. Kind of a reverse Oedipal complex. Actually, yeah, now that I think of it. But, I mean, haven't you heard about 
stuff like that isn't that a, a thing no <laughs> um yeah i i mean i don't know but but it's just that it's funny that it's so uh different than the traditional romance comic relationship yeah and that's what makes it interesting and worthy of a discussion today yeah but but it's also you know frankly the the ad for the inflatable doll just it, it just changes the whole perspective because you know comics like anything else are designed to sell and make money and sell advertisements and I mean, an ad, a full-page ad for a life-size inflatable doll in 1970 inside of a romance comic called Love Diary. Just, it really makes me wonder, are we not understanding the, the market of these things as much as we think we are? Well, let's take a look at some of the other advertisements that are in this comic. Because, you know, marketing has been around for centuries but it wasn't as a fine tune of a practice uh back in the 1970s so oh we've got an advertisement for uh <laughs> girls that are too skinny yeah where a new scientific discovery helps you put on weight that blows me away too i had no idea that in 1970 there was a problem of being too skinny for some women yeah, I would love to know what the standard for too skinny is because the uh, the woman who's uh, in the advertisement looks like she could either be too skinny or the just right picture. I don't know. Well, in the fifties and and before, you know, there was a uh, the phenomenon. The buxom woman was the attractive woman. You know, Marilyn Monroe and and Jane Russell and those women were were certainly full figured, and that was what a lot of women aspired to. But also then Twiggy came along. I think she was in the mid-60s. And ruined everything. Yeah. And, and she created this ridiculous standard of, of you know, hyper-skinny, anorexic girls. Um, so, but, but maybe be, there's still sort of a crossover happening here. Maybe there's still a lot of women at that time who were skinny just naturally and wanted to be more full-figured i don't know it's just you got another full-page ad here you learn a lot from these ads mm -hmm. um we've got two half-page ads one of them is for uh wigs and hair pieces mm -hmm. uh another one is for heavy legs <laughs> what's that all about tested uh, and proven method no no it's just a if you want a heavy leg they'll send you one <laughs> yeah only 15 pleasant minutes a day so, but this one is reduce hips, thighs, knees, calves, ankles, and slenderize for slenderized legs. So that's funny. This is the opposite. You got in the same magazine an ad to get thicker legs and heavier body, and then an ad to thin them out. I'm trying to figure out is that are those men's legs in the ad? It's hard to tell. Mm, I think that might be women. Hmm. Which. You know, putting these ads together kind of paints the portrait of, oh, women, you'll never be good enough. You're yeah, either too yeah. skinny or you're too heavy and you need fake hair. And if you're not good enough, you'll be replaced by an inflatable doll. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, and all of these things will make you more attractive and more able to live the life that we portray in these comics. Now, the next ad is um, one that I think is geared more towards younger kids. Or actually, maybe not, because it's... Does uh, 
it's one of those ads that are still in comics today sometimes basically advertising for you to sell whatever products they're interested in and you can earn prizes that way mm-hmm. and uh there's a bicycle there's a portable hair dryer <laughs> uh rock tumbling set portable radio outfit what is a rock tumbling set that doesn't make any sense uh maybe to get the shiny bits out of rocks what a uh, pendant watch. That looks pretty cool. Ooh, a sleeping bag. All right. Yeah, oh. th- this is very familiar to me, this um, kind of ad. All of us used to, you know, fantasize about selling this stuff and making these, winning these points to, get, to earn these prizes. This one, this one's greeting cards. A lot of them were greeting cards. And, uh, however, it's also... Advertises you could get a thousand dollars college scholarship, or other bonus awards like a TV. So go to college or get Ooh, a, a get a color TV. TV even yeah. portable color TV. <laughs> Look at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> the color the camera is one of the classic folding varieties <laughs> yeah, the... that's got kind of an accordion bit <laughs> in the middle. Well, I mean that's just that that's like you know appealing to the guy or girl reading the story and, and reading about you know buying land and <laughs> having your own boat and car but uh those are in just like every comic but the, the ones that are aimed at more girls and you know and uh romance people are the revealing ones and uh finally on the back cover there's an advertisement for a uh a mail away course that lets you finish high school at home which uh is specifically aimed as a second chance for high school dropouts to get a diploma it's an interesting statistic here it says u.s government figures show the average high school graduate earns seventy-five thousand dollars more than the non-graduate in a lifetime <laughs> that's, that's not an annual salary god forbid that's how much extra you could here's what you could do with the extra money Live in a home of your own in a fine neighborhood. Drive a new car. Provide other luxuries for your family. Watch your savings account grow. Enjoy real security. Yeah, if you got $75,000. But first you have to pay us for this uh, home study course to finish your high school degree. Which features simplified lessons, very little writing, (laughs) true-false multiple-choice tests... (laughs) And yeah. easy to read textbooks. So this is basically online, you know, uh, get your degree in 15 weeks uh, programs that uh, exist to this day. Yeah, and, you know, there is a market for that. There are people who aren't able to finish high school conventionally and need to do some something unusual. Well, and, and specifically, second chance for high school dropouts to mm. get a diploma. Yeah. So they also think that a lot of dropouts are reading this comic. Now. So so loser guy who dropped out of high school uh, and is, is too fat or thin uh, can somehow read this comic and, and have a gorgeous girl and a great job, a degree, and 75000 bucks. Seems like a pretty good deal to me. Well, I'd, I'd buy a comic for that. Let's see, is there a... Oh, yes, and you got it all for the low price of 15 cents. The comic itself, yes. Yes. Yep. 
Yeah, the, the, I mean, let's face it. These, all comics, well, many comics, just were sold fantasy. Whether it's Captain America or, you know, Gorgeous Girl or Gorgeous Guy chasing you down and giving you happily ever after. That's what they sold. Yep. Um, and it's because it's so condensed into just a couple of pages that it seems so ridiculous. Yeah. But then, you know, I imagine a lot of people would read these one after the other after the other. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I do that to this day. That's right. I just bought five new uh, romance comics from my local comic shop. Seeking your own dream, career, love, riches, happiness. Through the medium of podcasts. Exactly. And on that note, I think uh, we're about ready to wrap up. Mm-hmm. Do you have any closing comments, Dad? I just wanted to say uh, we hope that listeners will will um, you know get in touch with us and tell your friends and all. Um, you can uh, email uh, Alexandra herself directly. It's somewhere on the website, but the the email is Alex C Townsend at aol.com. She's the only living remaining AOL email member. Uh, so Alex C. Townsend, all one word, at AOL.com. We'd love to hear from you. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we're happy to you know, hear from you, answer your questions, maybe even address you on air. Yeah. We love it. Okay. And until next time, comic fans, we'll be seeing you. Bye-bye.